everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Tower Light Talk. This is Casey, and with me is Chris. And we are going to go deep into the world of Avengers Infinity War. This is a spoiler-heavy podcast, so if you don't mind spoilers, listen away. If you haven't seen the movie yet, which I'm shocked, um, then, you know, uh, maybe yeah. wait until later to listen to this episode. Yeah, I mean, if you're one of the people that made this box office smash hit possible, congratulations, because you rock. Uh, those of you who have seen it multiple times, it's even better. I wish, I've, wish I could have had the chance to see it the second time, but I'll have to make that happen this week. But, um, yeah, let's, let's get into this, man. It's uh, still kind of reeling from it. Every time I think about the movie, I get chills. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the money it made. Yeah, so the previous record for number one domestic movie uh, premiere <laughs> was Avengers: The For- or sorry, Avengers: Star Wars: The Force Awakens, um, which was at I think two forty seven, um, and this film did two hundred and fifty seven point eight million dollars. So by ten million dollars, it already took out the uh, previous winner. And then overseas, um, the worldwide total is at uh, $641 globally. So it's, you know, it's already made its money back, at least for this first film. Um, You know, they expected was that they spent about half a billion dollars to make these movies. That's not including advertising and stuff, but they're good. Money-wise, they're real good. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you have you have two of the biggest comic book movies of all time within the first half of this year uh, coming straight out of the you know the Disney Marvel stable. I think that's that's pretty impressive when it comes to filmmaking and and this. I mean, yes, they've built on ten years and you know eighteen eighteen movies is 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 quite an endeavor. But I mean, at the same time, um, you know that's. That's why so many people are invested. That's why it, it, it it's come to this like this epic this epic uh, point that we're at with uh, with Infinity War. Yeah, you know this has never been done before. No other film franchise has touted this one film as being like a culmination of all their efforts. You know, even with Star Wars, you wait three years. You know, back in the day, and you, you were anticipating that next movie. And I still think that Force Awakens was my most anticipated movie of all time, just because it was really bringing back Star Wars. But this film, Infinity War, it's just, you you, you know, you've been waiting, at least for six years for Thanos, but 10 years since they started. And it, it led me and they, they killed it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um you know, looking at this movie, uh, when you're comparing it to the other ones that came before it, uh, so you got the Russo brothers working on this. They they had two outings prior to this. Uh, you know, they really started that that bring other people into into one character standalone movie and make it I mean, Winter Soldier, and then moving to Civil War. Uh, both those movies, uh, one of them, you know, Winter Soldier stands on many people's top. Uh, at the top of everybody's list, uh, 
Civil War was quite should have been basically Avengers three anyhow. Uh, so, you know, they're very aggressive filmmakers. They came from TV roots and they've, and they've gotten to this point where they've made one of the most epic movies that I've seen in my life. Uh, and, you know, delivered a, a narration that, that, you know, people, people want to put down comic book movies and they want to see, Oh, this, this bubble is going to burst or, uh, you know, James Cameron can make things like people, you know, this, this should just go away. But when you see a movie like this, it, 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 when it touches on so many different levels, besides just being like this sci-fi blockbuster or whatever you want to want to call it, and it actually delivers like these performances and and this this world building that's unprecedented. It just, um, I just I just find those those comments in that it's kind of ignorant, maybe almost like jealousy, uh, because I I don't see how how this how this can be even considered not not good filmmaking or you know in 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 the class that some of these people hold themselves at. Yeah. I mean, I think like, um, I actually was just having a discussion with a friend earlier today and he was like, it's pretty good. And I go, well, how do you compare it to the rest of the, the Marvel movies or superhero movies in general? And he's like, well, I don't think it's fair to draw that comparison. You should be able to hold it up against like, all movies. Okay. So hold it up against all movies then. You know what I mean? Like people want to fight about how, oh, well, they're just superhero movies. They exist in this bubble. Okay. Sh- sure. If that's what you want to say. But then you want to go and say, oh, uh, they should be held up against other sci-fi movies. And you know what I mean? It's like you can't have it both ways, people. Like I, I consider these movies just fantastic movies. If you wanted to say only superhero, they're the best superhero movies ever made. Um, if you want to say up to the same standards as like, I guess, sci-fi fantasy, they're also some of the best sci-fi fantasy films. But then the Winter Soldier is a spy thriller that happens to have some fantastical elements. You know what I mean? Ant-Man is is a heist movie that happens to have some fantastical elements. So, you know, to me, it's just they're just great films. And the Russo brothers really came in and did something um you know, they had other great filmmakers. John Favreau, fantastic. I love that he got an EP credit on this. So did James Gunn. Um, same thing with, uh, uh, you know, Kenneth Branagh directed the first Thor movie. I mean, he's a Shakespearean actor, director as well. So, I mean, they've gotten some fantastic... Ryan Coogler with Black Panther. Like, it's just that the Russo brothers have, have elevated it to a different level that made some of these other directors have to also elevate themselves. That's, that's all I will say about the Russos is that all, you know, Marvel's never had a shortage of great filmmakers. It's just that the Russos have really been the ones to, uh, to kind of like set a bar higher each outing that they've been on. Right. And I, you know, what really got me is like this, this movie feels like a comic book to me. It really does. It just, it doesn't, it's, it's like an event comic. It we've, we've read everything that came up, like led up to it. And now it's going to take all of these characters and it's going to put them onto this journey and make sense at the same time without it feeling like you're doing too much with this huge ensemble of characters with, with, um, too much going on. Will the will the general audience really get what's, get what's here? You know, you have you know you have you have the liberty that you've had eighteen movies building up to that, of course. But to introduce this new element of what Thanos is um, took, a, I think it took 
it took a big, it was a like really big undertaking in a way. It was risky. Uh, at the same time, you know, they have probably, you know, you have a lot of, uh, I would say, belief in what you can do after you've read all these other movies as well. So, yeah, you can come out with this obscure idea that this big villain you're building, been kind of building up the whole time, is here and you have to make him relevant and uh, important in this film and a threat. Yeah, I mean, to say that Thanos is the best Marvel villain, it's it's just a true statement. He is. He He made all of the other Marvel villains seem insignificant because not only was he scary and, you know, powerful, but he also had heart and he also cared about him, which to this point, I've probably cared about Loki and uh, maybe that's it. <laughs> if that, even, you know, it's like, I like Tom Hiddleston as a character, you know, like Loki is Loki, but at the same time he was like back and forth with being the good guy. Mm-hmm. And so it was like that, that anti-hero that you can attach to because you, you have faith that he's going to do the right thing. This guy, you know, and you know, <laughs> like you said, I mean, He's he had, he like runs the emotional you know gamut and it's 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 quite impressive. Uh, before we get too much into Thanos, uh, let's talk a little bit about everybody else. Uh, you know, everybody else. You know, they have their own story going on. At the same time, it's like it was Thanos that carried the movie. Uh, well, the Avengers kind of were his co uh, his uh, his his co-stars. Uh, but we have, we have the Avengers assemble, uh, you know, so we have basically secret Avengers running around with cap black widow. Um, who else is there? Falcon. Falcon. And so they're doing their own secret Avengers thing. Uh, you got, <clears throat> you got the guardians, of course, which we left them last in guardians Two. We have Thor floating around in space. Uh, what else? We have Doctor Strange and his street level there. people: Tony, Spider Man, yeah. Wong, and then you, you know. know oh, go on. I was just thinking the way you said it's street level. It's funny how they took those street level and they sent them to space. Huh? That was I thought that was a really interesting way to do it. Yeah, and. Um... I, th- you know, the Avengers being disassembled and then having to assemble again, you know, that was a smart move, obviously, on on the Kevin, F- you know, all this goes back to Kevin Feige, really. Oh, the guy's an effing genius. He's he is the reason that we even have this episode that we're talking on right now. <laughs> I mean, he's the puppet master to this entire universe, and you know, in in Kevin Feige, we trust. I need that tattoo because the guy is a exactly, and there's like there's genius. no break in continuity, you know that that even you even wonder like oh hey why is it like this or anything like that. It's so such a smooth transition into this film because it just everything is set up to that to this point. I will say this, um, and I I agree with this statement, but I don't find it a fault. You know, one of my friends said oh, you know, there really wasn't any character development outside of Thanos and Gamora's relationship. And to that point, yeah, because they expected you to watch these movies for the last 10 years, and that was all your character development. 
you should already know Spider-Man and Iron Man and Hulk and everybody else. Like, because you've already had 10 years worth of movies. We don't need to know about, I, I don't even know. I don't know what kind of development that you needed to get out of these characters. You already know them. So right. that to me was like, what? I just want to ask a question about that. He's talking, friend, your friend's talking about developing each character who already had their own movie or three movies. Is that, is that the statement? Because what it is, is if you don't have a knowledge of the previous 18 movies, right? Um, this movie is still an enjoyable ride, but you're going to lose stuff. You're going to ask questions a lot. Like, where's Thor's hammer? Why is Groot a teenager? Like, you, you are, because this I'm movie... Not, I'm not disagreeing with you. It, that's what I mean. That- I think it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's great. Yes, if you haven't seen any other movies, have fun. Go see this movie. But, like, don't make statements like that. I mean, it doesn't make, that makes, that's not even, let's just move on from that. Because it's, it is, it is the point that they've made these movies before this. It is the point that they've built these backstories. If you, if you didn't make, if you didn't take the time in the last almost, you know, in the last decade to, you know, catch up before you went to sit in a two and a half hour movie about something you're about to not really have the full grasp of while everybody else there is having a geek orgasm. And that's, that's, that that's just like, that's fake news. I'm sorry. Move on. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, that's, yes, that's, I don't call it fake news, but I, I do say <laughs> if, if you had to say a caveat of this movie, because I had another friend say, Hey, I didn't watch Thor three and I haven't seen black Panther. Should I still go? I said, you should go because you need to see this movie on the big screen, but you're definitely going to have questions and you're going to have to go back and watch those other movies for sure. That's all. Um, that being said, you know, I haven't, <laughs> I, don't, I won't even go into that kind of stupid comments. Uh, I was going to say, it's like, Hey, I haven't watched uh, return of the Jedi. Should I watch, you know, go watch the last Jedi or, uh, you know, come on. it's just like, there's a reason why that Kevin Feige has taken his entire soul and um, thrown it at us. So I also think that, that, yeah, I think that I'm also, not that forgi- I'm not uh, forgiving. <laughs> no. Um, I also think that be- people have to remember this is two movies. It's not just one movie. Um, yes, you didn't see Hawkeye or Ant-Man or Captain Marvel or, you, you know what I mean? Like what you wanted to see again, <sighs> they don't, he go. doesn't, he doesn't care. It's, there's a huge movie here and we're gonna see Ant-Man. We're gonna see Captain Marvel. We're going to see these characters, but don't, you know, the preconceived notions that you had, I'm sorry. It doesn't yeah. matter. Well, it's like, <laughs> I did, you know, it's the same thing. Like when you're speculating, like we speculated on past shows about what we would love to see. Yeah, but I'm not gonna go there and be like, oh, I didn't see this, so you know, this movie, eh, I don't think so. It didn't really do it for me. I, you know, but I don't know. all right. So moving on, um, Wakanda Forever, uh, the so ending basically the last the last real the climax of the movie happens in Wakanda. It's uh, we get we go right back into you know everything we loved about Black Panther. Uh, tenfold, <laughs> and this, um, you know, I guess it's the one place on earth you go 
when you when you need to fight an alien invasion. So it was uh, that that war scene was was pretty epic, uh, and just it's it's this is the, the way I looked. I think just having Black Panther this close to to this movie coming out just makes it that much more amazing because you're you're still on that hype train from like being introduced to this and then watching the movie and i feel like next year it's gonna be the same thing when we see captain marvel and then we go right into into infinity war 2 or whatever and it's just like they were so smart to release black panther which they knew was going to be like revolutionary and and mind-boggling sci-fi to like lead up to this um and it just it just made that last scene in Wakanda so much more relevant um that much more like because you you know it, I really just kind of felt like it was like they're really just defending the entire earth here in in this one place that nobody knew about you know and it has been I don't know you know just just succeeding and and doing well without the rest of the world's interaction yeah I thought it was funny uh I can't pronounce her her actual comic book name but like his you know michonne <laughs> from walking dead yeah, yeah. she was like when you said that you wanted to reveal yourself to the world or open up our entire land to an alien invasion <laughs> but um yeah you know it was a little at least for some of it a little black panther 1.5 you know or 1.1 which is fine um bucky's there you know what i mean they have the technology they have the forces to stop them so that made sense to me i was i was super excited um that battle scene is actually not my favorite scene in the movie i know we'll probably talk about like favorite scenes or do you want to just talk about favorite scenes now what do you want to do? <laughs> let's just go through the characters right now okay um because i have the, I have the war scene later on so yeah as far that. as you know, it was good to see, like, Shuri, you know, Q, basically, in that world. Um, one thing I will say, even though I love Shuri's character, like, T'Challa should be way smarter. <laughs> like, he's one of the Illuminati, and I get that he's just becoming a king and all that stuff, but, like, the dude's a genius. He's Tony Stark-level genius, and they don't they don't use that as much. Um, they They don't? But that's because they're building that kit into his sister. I mean, it's they've already basically, they've basically secured her as like one of the most intelligent people in the yeah. Center yeah, of the universe. Uh, and they're like, oh, we can't do this, but we got. I guess we can take her, take Vision here, and the Wakandans can do it because they're actually way more advanced than we are. Um, so I mean, maybe she's just so smart that you know his intelligence just <laughs> doesn't even compare, but. Um, I get what you're saying, but I mean that is it does give us the character of her, so it's so it's a it's kind of a good trade off. Yeah, and there there is no Illuminati yet, so we'll yet we'll wait. And anyhow, right. a lot of those guys have made stupid decisions anyhow <laughs> with their <laughs> supreme intellect. Um, if you want to know what we're talking about, and you don't read the comics, go check out the comics. <laughs> check out all the comics. Check out Infinity Gauntlet. Check out uh, the Jonathan Hickman Infinity, um, which is a lot of the stuff is getting uh, picked from. You know, Jim Starlin is the guy who created Thanos. Um, Pretty much anything that he's written with the character is thrown in there. And they did give a nice thank you 
to Starlin, which I thought was really cool um, in the credits. So yeah, it's just, um, I think there's another one. I, I, it's not Thanos rising, but there's another like Thanos comic that this pulls inspiration from, but read those comics because someone actually put a thing up on Twitter that I retweeted. that was like, they should be putting like a comic book stand right outside the theater so that you can buy the comics is suit like oh hey you just saw this like t-shirt sell so many comics if you were just a little pop-up stand with only infinity war stuff and people would get a chance to understand that a little bit more yeah fuck the comics just put some graphic novels and you're done you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. all right what's next let's talk about thanos he was cool <laughs> All I'm going to say right now is that uh, is, is that I've never I've never really uh, felt this strongly that this could be one of the greatest cinematic villains of all time. Um, I would have never felt that when compared to Darth Vader until after the prequels, um, in my opinion. Uh, because I, I will always like Darth Vader as my favorite villain, but this this character of Thanos that they they've they've taken from the comics, put into a movie, and 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 made their own is just like it it really it really just it blew my mind, and I've, I've I'm just kind of still reeling from it days after watching the movie. Yeah, he, um, you know, as you mentioned before, as far as like an emotional roller coaster. I mean, the whole movie is, but even his own journey. And it is Thanos' movie. You know, there's a hell of a lot of subplots going on there, but it's all about him. And, um, you know, the best villains think that they're doing the right thing. You know what I mean? And, uh, I mean, Darth Vader, (laughs) for me, is kind of on the fence as far as that goes. (laughs) Because he's really more like the Emperor's puppet. Um, The Emperor, on the other hand does feel like he's doing the right thing by bringing, you know, some, some galaxy, yeah. some balance. I get that. I get that. But I mean, you're, you're miss you miss the fact that Darth Vader turns to the dark side because he believes he's saving his wife. And then he just lets it happen. You know, I wish I, I hate those movies. So whatever. <laughs> um, uh, so Thanos is greater than Darth Vader. Um, I, you know what, because Marvel has such a villain problem and, you know, it, it is such, it's such a talked about thing. And, you know, we really got, we got a good one in Black Panther with uh, Killmonger and somebody who believed he was doing the right thing, who's motivated by whatever, you know, real motivations instead of just like some, some MacGuffin or, or something that's just not doing it for me, you know, in a movie, say like in Thor 2 or whatever, you know, it's, it's, we've had this problem. And now we get the ultimate villain who steals the show. Uh, so yeah, I, you asked me if I cried. I, 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 I couldn't, I don't know. I, I felt a lot of like, like, awe. I think more in this movie, like, even when Thanos like decides that he has to sacrifice his daughter. I mean, that's, that was huge. You know, that's a huge scene, but it was just like, wow, 
I was more like, I can't believe that they just they're doing this in this in this movie. It was like, I don't get that upset about comic book characters dying because I'm so used to comic books and and that whole cycle. But in the end, I really do hope they keep these people dead. Um, but yeah, Gamora's death was. Um, I I didn't see that coming to be honest with you, at all, and I think that was one of the the best. Um, the best scenes in the movie, including the Red Skull, which I want to talk about in a little bit. I, uh, you know, I, I thought she was going to die. Um, <laughs> I mean, we had a poll and don't forget a towel, like on the Facebook page of like, who's going to die. And I think that was one of the people, or maybe I put it up on Instagram, but either way, like, because I just, it, I'm sorry. Let me, let me restate. Not that she was not the death thing, the whole thing, like the trade off for the soul stone. That that was a very well written um, and just played out uh, part of the movie. I thought it was just it was really heartfelt. Yeah, I mean, there were so many theories out there as to where the Soul Stone was, and mm-hmm. you know, part of me was convinced that it was in Wakanda. Um, you know, some people thought it might have been in, in Tony. I guess he was made by a Soul Stone, which I thought was ridiculous. But you know, this was cool. It wasn't anything that we knew. And, you know, like we'll talk about Red Skull, but they handled that very well. And yeah, the Gamora part was the part that I got choked up the most because obviously I really like that character and they, they did a really good job of showing his love for his daughter, um, even though he killed her entire society. But yeah, <laughs> half. yeah, half of it. But uh, yeah, it was whew, it was good. It was good. Yeah, Thanos is just... I don't know. He's just so deep. He's so complex. And we have a whole nother movie with him. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you think that Thanos does not kill on purpose? Do you think that he just, I've, I just feel, or is it just, it's a Disney movie. <laughs> he just can't kill everybody in every scene. Or does he choose? Like, does he really choose not to kill people? No, because he, cho- he, he killed, um, Loki, right? I'm I'm saying he was in in, huh? But the thing is, like, he's like he doesn't have to kill Loki, and even well, that whole beginning of the movie is like all about slaughter. So I mean, that was kind of not where I'm getting at because I'm getting at throughout the whole movie when he'll just spare people because it's like it's like he's on he's on nowhere, and he and he just does that weird thing to to um to Drax and, and Mantis where he just like slices their body, but then they go back to normal when he leaves or, you know, in the fights, you know, you know, the only person he really, he doesn't even really like kill, kill Iron Man. He just stabs him in the side. You know, I mean, do you think it's just played down violence? I mean, he killed all of nowhere to get to that stone. He didn't have to do it. Like when he went to go visit the collector, yeah. No, nowhere is a livable planet. He killed it. Well, it's a celestial head, but he all all that was done. Remember when he took away the reality? Nervous. No, they're all dead. <laughs> all he, of them. Yeah, and including the collector. Otherwise, where's his? Okay. Where are the collector's little women? Dead. <laughs> he killed them. Like he does. He, that, you know. So that 
So if he's such a, if he's just going to go off and kill all these people, then why is he not just killing off the Avengers one by one? <laughs> like he could have. Because it's a comic book movie and I they know. don't That's do all- it. Like, I don't think it has anything to do with Disney, but it's the same reason why, why doesn't Skeletor just go and just stab He-Man? You know what I mean? Like, why doesn't any of these people just go kill these people? Why doesn't Megatron just shoot Optimus Prime in the head? You know what I mean? Like, that's why. That's the only reason. But Thanos I, is a I've only had, I didn't really think about Nowhere that way because I don't remember seeing Nowhere being wiped out besides, like, when it goes back after the reality. And like the collector's still in that cage and he's alive. Dude From pulled a, pulled a planet down, or a moon mm-hmm. down on these people. He doesn't care. <laughs> Wasn't that that was on Titan? It was on Titan, but I'm I'm just saying like, mm-hmm. yeah, he stabbed Tony and like he didn't like rip him in half or something like that. But I think as far as like what Thanos can do and what his motivations are is that he is singularly minded in the sense of he has to save, I don't know, all of existence, you know, by cutting him in half. So he just doesn't care. Like all those other things are so insignificant to him. Just like Loki, he was insignificant to him. Like you are a God. Well, guess what? I just, I, I choked you. I didn't even have to, put in any effort and then i threw your dead carcass in front of your brother so he could watch he just doesn't care so for me still ruthless and a mad titan even though he's doing things uh for the sake of saving half of the world or whatever but i have no doubts that he also will just kill for the sake of killing interesting so his back order his black quarter. So you mentioned black guard, um, black guard, whatever you want to call it. Children of Thanos. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, this is all, as you mentioned before, this is picked from John Hickman's Infinity series. So the Black Order, Black Guard, whatever. Um, it's a relatively new concept uh, when it comes to this, and yep. I thought that it was cool. I thought that those all four characters were interesting in their own rights didn't really need any kind of backstory to them. You really got what their powers were and what they did. And they were a true threat to everybody that they fought. Uh, this, and the funny thing is they're also called the call obsidian. Um, and one of the characters was actually called call obsidia in this, in the movie. So they, they did took some liberties with it, um, which is fine. Uh, and I, and you know, I like I said, I felt like they were all a real threat to the Avengers, and each and each, and with each of their power power levels. Yeah, I mean, you know, Thanos can't just do everything. So um, not yet. Yeah, right. I mean, he's got to, you know, he doesn't have all that time. But it was, uh, yeah, I really liked them a lot. Um, I thought the CGI in them was all really good, with the exception of. Uh, Proxima Midnight. Um, she's the one who looked more like a a video game character, and I don't I, I don't have any problem with it necessarily. But like the other ones look like if you just made a really tall dude, skinny dude, and put makeup on him, he would have looked like Corvus Glaive or Ebony Maw. Like this, the makeup was so good, and the CGI was so good. The Weta, it was Weta people. Weta was so 
effing amazing. And then, you know, the big dude is, you know, he's just going to be the way he is. But her, I was like, why didn't you just get a woman and just put makeup on her? <laughs> because, like, she looks way too much. She was the only one that I, I kind of was like, you look like somebody made you in World of Warcraft <laughs> and just yeah. put you in there. So Agreed. Agreed. Still, you know, cool. And uh, what's his name? Ebony Ma was absolutely the best one. Like, he was just <laughs> ruthless. And again, power level 9,000. <laughs> he didn't have to touch you. He just did it all with his mind. And that's sweet as hell. Yeah, they were, I, I really enjoyed their addition. Um, but they're dead, so... Yep. Yep. <laughs> Not that he needs them anymore. Uh, we'll see. After snapping his fingers, as we are left in one of the greatest cliffhangers in a movie in a very long time. Um, and so let's take a commercial break, and then we're going to come back and talk about a few more topics. Sounds good. Great. We'll see you in a little bit. There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetATowel.com, geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're true cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? <laughs> well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you. Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions. Right, Tegan? Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! And we're back from those luscious commercials. Um, so let's get right into the deaths. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Um, so, you know, first things first, almost straight off the bat, uh, Heimdall and half of the Asgardians. Um, a lot of people were asking where Valkyrie was. The Russo brothers did come out today saying... Uh, she was one of the ones that escaped. Korg. Korg. Maybe not so much. But she did. But I want a Korg and Michael Pena movie. What the heck's going on here? Yeah, I know. When's that going to happen? Funny <laughs> shot movie. Inf- Infinity War 3, I guess. I don't know. But um, the Prelude. <laughs> you know, what did you think about these guys straight off as Guardians getting, getting killed? 
you know, it's it's you know, you watch you watch the end of Thor Ragnarok, you kind of question what happens and and how Thor ends up in space, uh, and then they pick up right where they left you off with genocide. Uh, so you know, the Asgardian people they don't have it so good these days, and now that most of them are dead, uh, yeah, that was cool. And then Heimdall, you know, saving the Hulk, and then that's the last time we ever see that guy for the entire movie. Um, but you know, it's I don't know. I mean, we just with Chris Hemsworth leaving after you know after the next movie, and is he? Yeah, it's just that's his last one, quote unquote. Um, so is it confirmed though? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like one of the big ones that is is confirmed. So take that as you will with what, whatever is going to happen. Um, but you know what? I mean, it looks like we're not going to really be going in the way of Asgard unless we go look at a Valkyrie movie or something like that. So, I mean, there's been talk about, you know, Tessa Thompson returning and stuff like that. Hopefully she returns in the next movie uh, and we get the full ensemble uh, that, because I would think that they would take all their characters and really put them all into this, this next one. I'm, really betting on it except for the dead ones <laughs> unless they bring them back this is comic book and if you erased half a reality already i mean you can pretty much bring it back once you get that reality stone so i mean it's it's anything could happen and that's why i really have a hard time feeling bad about any of these people being dead so <laughs> it's tough i mean they could put everything back to the way they wanted to if they wanted to you know i have a theory on that but I'll talk about it at the end. Um, I think Asgard will just go to Norway. That's what they do in the comics. And they'll just settle there and then make it a new Asgard. I think it's just, you know what I mean? It's like, whatever. <laughs> Asgard is its people, as they say. So right. they'll, uh, whatever's left of them. yeah, whatever's left of them, they'll be fine. I wasn't, you know, Heimdall, great, super good guy. I like him, but, you know, I wasn't really hurt by it. Loki, he's kind of an asshole. Like I actually don't he's kinda, think he's, he's kind of died already. He's died multiple times, and he he isn't really redeeming because what happens? He he goes and does another thing where he tricks people and he, you know into being a ruler again. So I think uh, you know, sorry. And again, Thanos just proved how insignificant he is. That's you know that's it's an interesting statement because he was you know basically top of of the villain chain when it came to the Marvel universe uh, movie here and and it's kind of symbolism he just Thanos can walk in and just you know bitch him out like that so I thought it's 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 in symbolic but at the same time it's like like I've been saying it just it, I was like okay Loki's dead whatever. Yeah, I wasn't surprised. Um, sure. All the women have cried, though. So it's, it's okay. <laughs> For sure. They love that. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, we talked about Gamora uh, passing. Anything else you want to say about that? I do. I, You know what? It's between her and Nebula. That's, that's really a lot of the backstory we got through uh, leading up to the introduction of Thanos. Uh, and I think that was always well played out and I did like that, that dynamic and she, that relationship continues into this as, you know, Nebula is a, is a weak point for Gamora and, you know, that 
Thanos is able to manipulate that and eventually get what he wants from his daughter. Uh, but yeah, it's it's neat that they take a character that isn't isn't one of the you know the solid the solid middle of the you know what you would consider the Marvel um, say like main hero group and use use that character as such a a a moving and um uh just you know moving part of the of the film it it was great yeah i've always liked gamora um that one i'm very sad about especially since i mean if i had to take gamora versus like drax or pantis or whatever i pick gamora all day so um i did like that they got to share that that moment together peter and her um which made it even sadder. <laughs> yeah, it was that was a that was the tough one for me. That was the most tough. Um and then Vision he didn't really have much going on this movie. Um I mean, he's he was his, a MacGuffin. His power was just, you know, wiped from the beginning. Um so he was just kind of you know, let's just try to keep him away. Uh, and I like Vision a lot as far as a character goes, like in comics and stuff. And I've liked him in the movies, but yeah, it just, uh, again, it, it, you knew like at one point, I don't know if it was like this for you, but like at one point you just want Thanos to win just to see how it's going to happen and how he's going to do it. And if it's going to end with a snap, like it does in the comics and, so at one point, you know, as far as I, I was concerned, I was like, well, let's just see him do this. And I thought it was really cool when, you know, Thor does shove his uh, Stormbreaker through Thanos' chest. But, you know, you knew that Thanos the whole time could just reverse it. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do because I will. I guess he does it the second time. Sorry, that's right. The when he uses the reality or the time gem is when he stops uh, Scarlet Witch. That's right from destroying the Mind Stone. That was just awesome, right? Because when when Thor throws Stormbreaker at him, yeah, he's like, you should have went for the head. Yeah, because if he would have hit him in the head, he would have been dead. Oh, There's big no time! Way he could have stepped. Oh, then that's the thing is like that. I mean, let's just let's go on the crazy things because I, 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 as long as we're on that point, I mean, the the evolution of Thor in this movie alone is it seems like they were like, all right, we just gave Thor, you know, two okay movies to start with that most people put at the bottom of their list, and then all of a sudden we gave Thor three, which is like this batshit crazy this movie that came out of nowhere that put, put the other ones on its you know on its backside and just totally did the opposite and. And then you take the character after he's been dragged through all hell and shit and, and thrown his eye torn out. And then you put him on this like epic, like fantasy movie mission to go find this ultimate weapon. And he just continually becomes a badass for this film. Um, teaming up with, you know, rocket and Groot, which, what is that? That's a great narrative right there. That's like, I would watch a movie based on that alone. Um, and then he gets to the point yeah. where he just comes down and everybody's like, oh, you're fucked now. This guy's here. <laughs> he, just comes, he just comes down and, and then that's, that's annihilating shit. You forget that he's a god. You're like, you've, like you see him in the movies and he's just there with everybody. But when he actually, when they put his 
put him at like full power, it's it's pretty amazing. And it just seems like we're finally at that point of the Thor evolution in these movies that they're doing the right thing with a character instead of trying to ground him so much. And that that was something that really blew my mind in the movie was just how badass he was. Thor Thor was for sure a highlight because I don't the first two Thor movies are okay. Um, the third one is by far the best, but to me, and I've said it from the beginning, I don't think that's Thor. Like, I think it's a really cool Chris Hemsworth that has electricity powers, but it doesn't feel like Thor would be that funny, um, to me in the comics. This Thor, they, they held back the comedy. It was still funny, but they held it back a little bit, but they fully amped up the, um, Simonson, you know what I mean, and like just, and they gave him an '80s journey. Like, even like meeting Peter Dinklage was an '80s thing. Making Mm -hmm. a small person huge is so dumb in '80s. I was just like, this is this is insane. And when he shows up, that was the biggest uh, cheer of the entire movie. There was other cheers. There was a lot of them, but. That one, I remember everybody was like, oh, you're just flipping out in the theater because it was like, this is it. Finally. Like, he did get some sweet stuff in Ragnarok with his electricity powers. Um, but this oh, was like, not, not compared to this with Stormbreaker. I mean, he like was just, it was awesome. It was finally great to see full Thor. So when you say that Chris Hemsworth is done, I can't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know if he would. I don't know if he'd, he'd give up. That's that's the other thing. It's like I just feel like this guy is like having a lot of fun. With now he's on the like, top of his game. You, why would you want to stop? Um, back to the Stormbreaker thing. That whole Groot, the Groot thing with Groot giving his arm was awesome. Right? Cool. It was like that was. These are the kind of cool little comicy things that like that make these movies so much fun. It just you wouldn't. You wouldn't think that this would be part of it, but also they just throw it in and just becomes that much more epic. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's those, those things like these, these end of end of the character's journey almost as we go towards Avengers four. Um, I mean, we're, we're at that climax right now of where everybody is after, after 10 years. And it's like, that's it's who they it's they've they've built they've built themselves as the hero at this at as their own hero at this point it's just it's really awesome to see them at that at that pinnacle point that's it man what other crazy stuff happens let's talk about the red skull uh a character that people have been where is where is red skull where is hugo weaving will he return will he you know did he want to not be part of this anymore which you know that was circulating rumors for a while uh once he shows up in that in that in that soul realm, wherever they are, I was just like, wow, this this is really really appropriate and really awesome at the same time. It was just kind of like a it was a nice closure of that of that storyline in a way. Or maybe a beginning of another one where, you know, I've they've done it in the in the the recent animated series where he was a character like this and then he came back and became like this um, even crazier. Uh, I don't get into it because I don't remember the details. But um, yeah, I I was I was taken back by it. I didn't expect it, and that was great. Yeah, I had talked to um, 
Chris Siever over at Gourmet Scum Radio about how I wanted to see him return. And he was like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Who cares? Nobody wants to see that. And I, I feel he will come back maybe by the end of this one. And, you know, I don't know what role he'll play. It wasn't Hugo Weaving, though. Hugo oh, Weaving wasn't? is, no, he's done. Oh. And it's somebody else who, would, who did it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, that was great. You know, and they gave him a purpose, and it was cool. And, you know, will that guy stay there forever? I don't think so. I think by the end of this whole situation, he'll come back and maybe show up in another Cap movie down the road. Because, you know, there there are certain characters that play pivotal roles throughout the course of Marvel's history. Norman Osborn, Doctor Strange, or sorry, Doctor Doom, um, Red Skull. You know what I mean? Like these... Galactus in, in many ways, like these real heavy hitters, uh, Thanos, that people like, we really haven't gotten too much into those in the MCU. You know, now Thanos, and we've had Red Skull for a movie, but there's so many more storylines that we can go off of. It's all, it's just to get off top, not really off topic, but the other studios have also owned a lot of the good villains for a long time. So, Correct. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's coming, you know, once this merger goes through. I mean, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it's... And that's why when we talk about deaths in comics, the cycle, I, I just... I can't get attached to the fact that people die in comics. Yeah, it's it's nice to pick up that issue to see if it's worth something someday. But <clears throat> like they said, only, only Bucky Barnes and Jason Todd have stayed dead. And then all of a sudden they came back to life. And so... There's no, there's no, uh, there's no end in comic book deaths. So I, a couple of these guys will be up and walking again, I'm sure. But yeah. back to craziness. Um, yes, let's go. Awesome. Uh, the Doctor Strange, only one scenario out of, I don't know how many million he said, something like that when he went into, when he spread his arms and flew into the future. Uh, that was a really cool scene. Uh, just to say, uh, Doctor Strange, was I? I thought it was he was a strong character in this movie. I like the banter between him and Tony Stark. Um, you can see where you know that's they they purposely kind of set those two on the same kind of path. Um, since uh, we don't know what the next what the next phase will bring, so it'll be it was great though. Um, and so you've written something. Was this the one that won it? So the only scenario. As we're led to believe, is to give Thanos the Eye of Agamotto or the the Time Stone. Um, do you think this was it? This was the only way to do it. Yeah, That's what he said. He said there was only one, and okay. I mean, he doesn't say that this is the one, but we're led to believe that there's only one scenario that they get out of this, and it's probably what they had to do. So, you know, uh, Doctor Strange for sure was one of my favorite characters in this movie too, because. It's been two years um, between the like Doctor Strange movie and the events that have happened in Infinity War. So he's clearly grown a lot as the Sorcerer Supreme because in the first movie we see like, you know, he's got like that whip thing and he can do the thing where he travels through portals and stuff. And that's all cool. But like this was full strange or at least very close to it. it this was just some weird stuff. And um that's what we want. We want it. So when he gets Doctor Strange 2 
and he's going inside different realities, it's not so weird anymore because we've already seen him do some weird stuff. <laughs> so I, I loved it. The the combination of powers, uh, like sending Spider-Man through the different, the little different warps to, to use, like that, those kind of like... That's all that common. It's a living comic. X-Men movies. Yeah. Exactly. And this is like, finally, it's, it's we're at that point where we can just watch this awesome stuff happen. So it's, it's, it's great. Um, Spider-Man, I, let's, I didn't write this down. Spider-Man's iron spider suit, <laughs> uh, which originally I was going to mention debut. it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Originally made its debut in the civil war comic series. Uh, of course we know this whole timeline is much different, uh, but it was, <laughs> it's, it was, it was cool. Uh, and they did it just like in the comics with the with the arms and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so he saves Mantis cool. with him. So cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they used it. They used that very well. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was just like like space space Spider Man. <laughs> it was cool. Aliens Spider Man. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That was yeah. His 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 pop culture comments are the best. It's, yeah, it's good. It's good. I love that they can get away with a lot of that stuff. Um, the the war scene, I I I enjoyed it a lot. It was on a grand scale. Uh, the aliens were scary. Um, the the whole thing with the shield generator was well done. I thought we've seen it in a lot of movies, but um, yeah, it was it was badass. I thought, and the Wakandans, you know, their their army and their weapons are are really cool as well. I, like I said. Love that scene. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like the fights, the individual character fights as well. I love seeing War Machine and Falcon being like the attack from above. But my favorite scene was that fight in Titan with Thanos versus everybody. To see yeah. them all have to use their powers together and to see just insanely powerful that it is that they can't even take off the gauntlet from him. And um, They did though. <laughs> they did, but I'm just saying like just it it was so to me that was like okay this is a comic book the other one was i've seen it in phantom menace i've seen it in braveheart seen it in a bunch of other stuff and i love it it's great they did in a cool inventive way return of the king all that kind of stuff but this like that scene on titan was like are you kidding me (laughs) the only the only reason that 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 scene is it's awesome but i know that the scene in the next movie where they're all fighting him is just going to be that that much bigger. Yeah, when just... every single character, yeah. the full Hulk yeah. comes out, and Ant-Man, right. and Wasp, and Captain Marvel, and everyone's trying to fight him. He's on the right-hand side of the screen, and like 50 characters are running towards him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That will be exactly. the most insane. Like Our minds will all collectively be blown up. But it's... Till that time. It's amazing. It's amazing because <laughs> it's only a year from now. So that's, I know that's great. Less than a year. Um, uh, the last last question about kind of crazy things I want to pose here uh, because I I did hear that Adam Warlock was removed from the movie originally. Uh, now I, I I can totally get behind it because I think it's a little complicated of a concept uh, without kind of building towards that in previous movies. Uh, so yes, I. I'm not going to get on that fan wagon, fanboy way bandwagon, just be like, you know, whatever, what the fuck, you know, but uh, I do believe that perhaps he was originally part of that. And I do believe that Peter Dinklage did have the role of Pip the troll before they decided to change it to 
this, which became a little more feasible and not as ambiguous. Uh, I also, I also kind of wish that they could have maybe mentioned Beta Ray Bill when it came to Stormbreaker, but it doesn't make sense because Stormbreaker didn't exist until that point. I, I think, like, to be honest with you, I, I don't think those things. I don't think Adam Warlock was going to be in this movie. I definitely don't think he was going to be Pip because it's too many things that you have to cross off then. Like, how does he get Stormbreaker? Did they just originally not have that in there? You know what I mean? It just seems like it doesn't make any sense to me. And then, you know, what it all comes down to is it doesn't matter. Um, like, people are. Like, I've got so many messages from people who are like, what happened to Scarlet Witch's Romanian, you know, uh, Sokovian accent? I don't care. Like, it wasn't really that prevalent in this movie, but I don't, I really don't care. Because when it goes up against what we got, <laughs> there's a lot of what ifs, but that's a whole other Marvel comic thing. And you can go read those. <laughs> what we got was insane. So I, I really haven't even thought about, you know, I know we're just going to talk about it. Like I haven't thought about Ant-Man not being there or Hawkeye not being there or Captain Marvel not showing up because these things don't matter when this movie was so great. Like it just doesn't, doesn't even enter my mind. Yeah. And you know what, when you think about that way and you have to think about what came before and what they built upon and that what they did was they closed that because by showing the Captain Marvel post credit scene, and that whole that just that's taking the next step right there. Because all of a sudden you're bringing in a character that Nick Fury knew about in the '90s, but you know when he built the Avengers, he was like, you know what? I don't know anything about this. You know, whatever. You know. Um, yeah, we'll see how that works. Why? Why she's like, you know, just leave me alone. I'm yeah, space. Whatever the thing is, he knows that she's there and she, he has a goddamn call button for her. So instead of calling her the first time, he builds the Avengers, which is interesting at the same time. But um, now that things are so bad, he gets on his secret bat, bat, bat phone with the bat pager. Marvel. I mean, it was the 90s, man. She got paged. She got beeped. She did. She got beeped. Uh, so that's, I think that's great. I think that's all you have to do because what does Adam Warlock have to do with these movies? Nothing. It would the be Guardians, it would sure. no sense. Like, if you would have set yeah, it up in someday, the Guardians someday. movie, then yes, it would have made sense. But because they didn't do it, now it's just like, I didn't even... Th- I, that one, I didn't even think of, to be honest with you. I I really didn't even think about Adam Warlock and being part of it. And I remember we had talked about Pitt being... Or Peter, Peter Dinklage being Pitt, but again, it's like, it's just too much. There's so much stuff going on as it is, like, don't don't throw in another weird ass character that I gotta try to get to know. Like that's why they had the... done some things. I'm sorry, I was just gonna. They had done some things with post credits or secret scenes with Guardians and stuff that made people believe that they could be doing something with Adam Warlock. It was all fan theory, um, which is you know sometimes people get upset about. I'm sure that Die Hard, you know, Infinity Gauntlet, people are gonna be upset that he's not in these these movies. Whatever I like, you just said I don't see him. You know, I don't even see him now being a part of it in the future um, because there's no point at this at this time. I think he'll be in another Guardians because they did Maybe. set up at the end of Guardians two. We've made the perfect creation. His name is Adam. 
Like, oh, yeah. that's Adam. About that. <laughs> yeah, like that I is. I forgot about that. <laughs> exactly. So when does that actually play out? You know, Probably Guardians 3. Right. So it has it just, nothing to do with It just doesn't have to do with Thanos. Yeah, it's just, you know, the Marvel guys, this is what they do. They, they took Civil War. Right. They took Winter Soldier. They took the idea. And they morphed it into how it's going to work cinematically with these characters that they've built cinematically. The, that's one of the actually the best things about Marvel compared to, say, like Harry Potter. Even though I love Harry Potter, it's like it's hard to separate it sometimes. These, it's just they really aren't the same. Like you can read the comics and have a totally different experience than reading uh, or than watching these movies. You know what I mean? Like you, even with Old Man Logan, even though I know it's a different studio, but it's like it's the ideas. It's the bare bones skeleton to say, these are the characters. This is a situation that they are in, but this is how we make it work within our now cinematic universe. So um, let's speculate, man. Cause I've got some, I got a couple ideas. I got to run by you. Okay. Go ahead. Take it. I think that everybody who died while on his journey to get the, the gauntlet is dead. I think Gamora is dead forever. I think uh, Loki is dead forever. Um, I guess that would be really the only like two dead ones other than, you know, the worlds of people that he's killed. I think that everybody who like, I feel that they're going to go and make a new gauntlet because that mold is still there. They can make a new gauntlet. They can track down the stones and get the stones because those are still intact. And I think that Thanos will kill a bunch of more people while they're trying to take that gauntlet from him, i.e. Tony, uh, Captain America, maybe Thor, maybe, and some other people, right? Then I think that once they get the gauntlet and they go to reverse things, that the only things that they can reverse, they can, they can only make a choice. It's either you can reverse it from this point so that I guess you could you know, maybe get back vision or something like that. But like, that's it. Or, or sorry, you can reverse it so that you get back Spider-Man, uh, Dr. Strange, like all the people who disappeared. And those people yeah. now exist in that realm where Red Skull is. Uh, my cousin thinks it's going to be a, a contest of champion situation. And that's how they get out. And I don't know. But I think that right before they get that gauntlet those people stay dead while they're trying to get the gauntlet those people stay dead and the choice comes do you want to help those people or do you want to help the people who all went into the ether and obviously it's that choice that we get back a spider-man dr strange blah 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 but tony dead cat dead <laughs> gamora dead that's my theory hmm <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the question is, when those left at the end that don't disappear. Yeah. You're right. I I don't know, man. I Contest of Champions sounds like its own movie. Uh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be totally down with something like that. Uh, that would you'd have to bring back the Grandmaster, all that crap. I mean, you could, right, and it kind of keeps going on with, like, the Hulk thing, but, yeah. And I don't, and I don't know, but 
I don't no. really go by that contest of champions. That was just his thought, but I do. No, no that sounds that sounds too much fun. <laughs> <It's something laughs> no, it sounds like they're two other two movie. other old things. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, I I get that, and I I do I do like I like that idea of going back um, at certain points. Um, you get the, but what happens? Like they get the time stone, and if they have the time stone, can't they do whatever they want with it? I mean, they're going to get the gauntlet, right? And it's probably going to be like Nebula or uh, Black Panther who wields it. You know what I mean? Like the comic, they'll probably do something like that. Um, But I I think it's just like there's going to be some consequences to what happens. It's either that or maybe they do do it, but they don't know how to control it. You know, maybe Doctor Strange puts it on, but he doesn't know how to, like, change back reality. And then you just get this side reality where all those other, you know, maybe the original Avengers don't exist. And it's now Spidey, Bucky, you know what I mean? Taking over for Cap, like, all of that. Mm. That's an, that's because there's going to be a Doctor Strange too. There's going to be a Black Panther too. There's obviously a yeah. Homecoming too. Like, these things are facts. There's a, there's a Black, or a, Black Widow movie, which I believe will be a prequel. I think she'll die. Um, and Hawkeye will... I don't think he'll die because of his family. I think if they didn't introduce his family, he would be dead. But I think, like, probably, uh, you know, Hank Pym dies or got misted away. Like, maybe that's the post-credit sequence for uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then um, Hawkeye's family dies. And, like, that's what brings those two okay, what is going on? <laughs> like, we've got to help you out because they're definitely going to have it where everybody's back together. Obviously, Captain Marvel got the call. So, but Wasp, they'll have Ant-Man and the Wasp and do it. But those that's the next. That's phase four, right? There'll be another Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. There'll be another, <laughs> these little characters that we don't know as much, but I think the main ones are are done. They, there's talks about a time jump too. There's speculation about that. Have you read between those? the two those, movies? Uh, yes, where I read something where they cast um, Scott Lang's daughter, who is a character in the future, uh, as a hero. And speculation, of course. Yeah. So, do you think that we would see a time jump? Possibly. It's gonna... look where we're at, where Thanos just sits down. And it's like. You know, it's, it seems like the end, you know, so they could pick up at any point, really, if they wanted to. Here's the thing, right? Tony's got to get off of that place with Nebula. Off a of Titan. Yeah, so the two of them have got a far way to travel and, and get there. Um, you know, where is he? You know, is he in Wakanda, I guess? Right? Like uh, Thanos, just watching the sun come in? I, I don't know if that was Wakanda or was that he rewrote he rewrote everything. Wasn't he on Titan again? Was that him on his stoop? Like where was he at the end of the movie? That's, I think he was probably on Wakanda, but who knows? Because the that's the thing, the gauntlet's destroyed. The the stones are there, but the gauntlet's destroyed. So right. I don't he rewrote reality, right? So I I had I had a feeling that it was like his home and he let, he went out his front door. And he saw like this vision of peace and he sat down and that was, he had succeeded. 
Maybe. So I, I didn't feel like he was on Wankata. I felt like something, had, there was a little jump there or snapped, everything changed. If I don't if, know. I, if, right. I if there's a time jump, then to me that doesn't make much sense for Captain Marvel coming. Like, is no, it going to take her two years to get there? You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think... So, I I actually don't think there's a time jump. I think this is a start immediately where the last one left off. You know what I mean? Um, but we'll see. It's all speculation. I just think, like... Uh, I think at the end of Ant-Man, like I said, they'll have, you know, some of them disappear. And then I think at the end of Captain Marvel... Um, Maybe she gets that beeper call, <laughs> and then it leads right into, right into Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, game, absolutely. Game over. <sighs> so, what's your score? Let's talk about score on. All right, overall movie score, as in compared to all movies. You want to start with that? Or you want to start with the MCU score? Compared to all like, movies, score, like compared to like Shawshank score, Redemption, when I score a movie, it's out of all movies, right? Or what do we, you know, that's what we're giving it. Uh, I need to see it again. I mean, yeah, exactly. right now, of course, yeah, it's like one of the you know I need to see it like five times before I can say against all movies. I think it's the best MCU movie. I gave it a 11 out of 10, you know, when my wife asked me when we left the movies, like what I thought, like, I think it's fantastic, but like all movies, is it Godfather? You know what I mean? Like, is it av- like, I don't know. It's a pretty great effing movie, but if I have to compare it to all other movies, to my point earlier, you have to have seen these other movies in order to see it. It is not a standalone movie. It is not. absolutely is not so and like that's the thing like when i think of lord of the rings i think about it as one giant movie i just think that two towers is my favorite or that's why that's why you win the reward on the third movie you know well that's stupid because if nowadays empire strikes back existed you know it would have won an oscar for best movie just you know what i mean like so that's bullshit people say that but that was a bullshit thing that the academy said you know i just that's just dumb to me well that's but anyway well that's what i'm but that's what i'm getting at it's like they, they keep pushing these movies off they don't there, give them any kind of respect i don't even want to talk about the academy it's stupid where do you where do you talk about the academy it's like a, a uh, out of all movies or yeah what? either one both right. like you all. said it's when i walk out of that movie let's put it on a on a geek scale for movies it's it is 11 out of 10 yeah you know what i mean easily when it comes to watching a movie in theaters, I haven't. Uh, it's crazy because I, uh, comic movies never made me think about a movie like this and, and kind of just like set you off into like a thought process. But it's like you said, it's because we've watched these movies for 10 years. We've become so connected with this universe and these characters that when you see something so heavy like this, that it just it, it blows your mind even more. And that and that's the opposite. Say your friends kind of at the beginning they won't get as much out of it because they haven't invested into the last 10 years. So to me, to what they've built to this point, it makes it a hell of a good movie. And it's, you know, I give it truly, I would give it like an, like an 8.5, you know, out of 10 on a scale of like great movies. Um, 
score of geek movies 11 mcu movies it's it is the best it's easily the best it's there's no, yeah, there's it's, no you know it, right like i love it's love, you know you love winter soldier to this day you've said it's the best one but like mm-hmm. this is what they have been leading to <laughs> like it's just it's impossible not to say it's the best because it's just you've this is everything that you've led to everything and i and i said this last week when i was talking to uh the seavage from gourmet scum like if this isn't the best Marvel movie, they failed. And I truly believe it. Just like, I mean, Justice League technically should have been the best DC movie. Technically. But, like, you don't tout a movie up for 10 years saying, this is it. This is coming. It's all leading to this. You don't do that. That's a bold state. You threw the Infinity Gauntlet down when you said, this is what it's leading to. And then I read, I read a statement from the writers saying that we haven't seen anything yet. The sequel is bigger. It's longer. <laughs> like, we don't even, we haven't even wrapped our heads around what's going to happen next year. They said it's bigger than this movie. I can't, like, cinematic experiences, this is the best. I mean, this oh beat Harry Potter, this beat Lord of the Rings, and this even beat Star Wars. Though, that's on the cusp because there's been some times at Star Wars, like, episode two was an insanely crazy time, but. I mean, people were crying. People were cheering. When when Captain America came out, I knew he was coming. When he came out of the darkness, I screamed. I was like, this is fucking Nomad. <laughs> Get that man a razor. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is, I, I really did. I flipped out. And like, I was smiling. I was gasping. I was, you know, it was crazy. So I haven't felt that way in the movies in a long long time and even like you know we've seen plenty of great movies that i've gotten some real emotional reactions from but this was the full range you know this was everything and this was it it was exactly what they set out to do and to think that we're gonna get a movie that could be even better is insanity to me (laughs) yeah i I can't even think of that scale that's yeah that's insane (laughs) All right, so where can you find us? Uh, we are at don'tforgetatowel.com for your daily source of news, reviews, interviews, and more. We also have uh, a wonderful social media set up, uh, social media suite, as we like to call it. Uh, just check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, we're all there. Um I can't even remember what else. Listen, listen to us on Radio Public. We should have said it at the top of the thing. I just totally forgot about it, but I'm so caught up now. Radio Public is doing something really cool with uh, creators of podcasts that if you download the episode from the Radio Public app, um, it pays creators to keep doing what they're doing, um, work on their audio equipment, make things better, which is what we would want to do. Uh, we also have a Patreon page set up. Um, Chris. Doing the web conference almost, um, and with that, you know, we have site fees and we have other things like that, maintenance fees, and you know, anything that we get from the Patreon um, goes right back into the website. And for you guys, you can get some sneak peeks at behind the scenes of how we do these episodes, how we come up with uh, the scripts for what we write. There's actually scripts for every single one of these podcasts, believe it or not, um, and. 
you know, we've got a couple things uh, that we're constantly working on in the background. Like I just launched the Warlock Home Video Network. Um, that's on YouTube with uh, my cousin from Gourmet Scum Radio. So there's a lot of cross promotion there. But like Chris and I have some ideas of expanding our pursuit of plastic, you know, the podcast there and doing some some other neat review things that we'll get into in the, in the near future. But Patreon, um, just search Don't Forget a Towel and anything that you can help out with is greatly appreciated. I yeah, guess that's, it. that's all I got. That's that's it. I'm I'm so so burned out on this Infinity War. It's it's blown my mind. I know I want to see it again though. I'm burnt yeah. out, but I'm I'm like I'm pumped to see it again. Well um, that's why I need to go see it again, because I've burned all the fumes that it's pumped into my body. <laughs> the geekly fumes that I've been living on and pure ecstasy for the last few days so yeah get out and see it if you haven't seen it yet um there's no reason that's it you don't like fun you don't like fun so all right we will see you next time here at don't forget to tell (laughs) bye